Welcome to Still Talking Uncut. We're your host, Sean Rigsby. I'm Big Easy. Um, hope everybody had a great Easter. Um, if you didn't celebrate Easter, then we still hope you had a great weekend. So, um, you know, we got special guests with us. Another master copper smith. Oh, what, uh, Kevin Gordon from Thunder Road Copper. <laughs> I thought I was bringing this in. Why are you trying to cut me off, Sean? Oh, my bad. It's all good. Habit. That's all good. Um, did you have a good good weekend? Did you have a good Easter, Sean? Oh yeah, absolutely. If that wasn't long enough, you know. Uh, it never is. It was the uh, it was the boss's birthday over the weekend, wasn't it? It was. Nice. I'm three years old on the ninth. Yeah. Out of those terrible twos, into the treacherous in, into the treacherous threes. <laughs> oh yeah, that's how it goes. So. Uh, Kevin, did you have a good uh, have a good Easter weekend? Oh yeah, we uh, had our grandson here all week last week. He's getting ready to turn three, so I know what you're talking about as far as that. <laughs> He's always a blast. Yeah, they are at that age or something else. Like minor teenagers, you know. It's don't look at me, don't talk to me. Just give me money and candy and leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're past that stage. <laughs> They're already all out of growing. <laughs> I don't give them money anymore. Yeah, I can't wait for that. That's the next stage. No money for me. Yeah, I'll, no I'll give up the I'll give up the kids if uh, I can have the grandkids here all the time. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Get them wound up and send them home. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. But, uh, That's the best part, you know. When a grandkids, grandkids means go home. When I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, and Easter was Easter was great, you know, because you give them all that chocolate and stuff, and it's just all back. sugar. And it, you, the word no doesn't exist. Like, oh, you need more. You do need more. You do need more. <laughs> and before you know it, you know they're just wired, and you can see it. And it's like, all right, well, I guess it's time for you guys to be heading home. Papa's getting awful sleepy. Oh, yeah. Well, of course, you know, like I said, he's two years old. He's at the point now you'd say, hey, it's time to eat supper. And he'd say, I don't think so. <laughs> Give me a chocolate bunny, Papa. Give me a chocolate bunny. <laughs> yeah. So he yeah. and one of the – go ahead. Now, we had uh, – my buddy Hooch came in. Our buddy Hooch came in from West Virginia Friday, celebrated old lady's birthday. All the masters drove down from uh, – Central Ohio, we'll just say Northern Central Ohio. <laughs> we had a good time, you know. We went to Old Tuck and Reds and got to drink a bunch of moonshine, and then shot over to the winery. So it's a good time, you and know. Didn't get to see me. Y'all were about five minutes from the house. And and you wasn't home. Didn't get to see me. <laughs> you, you was, you was probably when don't even think you was back from Columbus yet. Mm-mm. You was, uh, you was chauffeuring, so. You had a valid oh, yeah. excuse. That's all good. Next time, next time. So, what you drinking on over there, Sean? Just hot water. Just water tonight, huh? And uh, some stuff from Royce's uh, distillery, that uh, bourbon, bourbon cream. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like a bourbon sipping cream. Yes, sir. Nice. What about you? I'm still on this uh, Still Rights Vanilla Spice Rum for two reasons. It, for one, it's amazing. And for two, I was too lazy to walk out to the bar and get something else. No, I so. figured you were going to drink on some of that, uh, some of that corn liquor you had from uh, uh, Fucking Reds. 
Oh, no. I mean, the one I got is 120. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't ready for 120. Well, that and it was out in the barn. So I thought about it, but I didn't make it out there. So, about you, Kevin? You drinking on anything or you just. Just got me a glass of water, just got home from mowing and had something to eat. Just right. to sit down here with y'all. Well, I appreciate you for being on here, man. It's uh you're a hard man to get sat down. <laughs> I always stay busy. <laughs> so uh tell us a little bit about you know where you're from, uh how you wound up doing what you're doing and you know. Well, so the short story is I I grew up in Iowa. Uh, just outside Des Moines. Uh, and I went in the Air Force uh, about a year after high school. And I was in for 30 years. Uh, oh, wow. I was a heavy equipment operator for 12 years. Um, stationed in a few different places. I went from Florida to Alaska, back to Georgia. So <laughs> I was all over the United States. It's a big, it's a big change. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, and when I say Alaska, I'm not talking... Uh, uh, Anchorage. I'm talking all the way out 90 miles from Russia on the last island. Oh, shit. Shimmy, Alaska. Matter of fact, I was just, not to sidebar here, but I, I just sent a still to uh, a guy that uh, said he was going to take it to Alaska, but he had me ship it to Washington. And we got to conversing back and forth. And uh, uh, I said, well, how are you going to get it up to Alaska? And he said, well, I'm going to put it on my ship. I said, what do you mean ship? He goes, well, I'm a crab fisherman. I said, oh, yeah, you know, I dealt with the crab fisherman when I was up there at Shimia. And uh, he goes, well, you watch the show uh, Deadliest Catch, don't you? I said, yeah. And he said, well, I'm the new captain of the Brenna A. So nice. I got one going up there. And uh, anyway, he was sending me some videos here the last few days showing that they'd been out and they were just coming back in. So that's pretty neat. You know, I kind of got I'll, I'll be involved with that. He said he might be able to get it somehow within the show. Uh, possibly we'll, we'll see what that what happens with that but anyway he said more to come on that so anyway uh back to myself you know i after 12 years in the air force the air force decided they didn't need heavy equipment operators so they made me a flight attendant okay i usually get laughs out of that <laughs> so, I'm sure some people laughing i like peanuts you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah right. so i was a flight attendant for 18 years and uh my customers were anybody with four stars or that were elected. And being in the first 30 years, I, I rose to the rank of chief master sergeant E9. And I was the ranking flight attendant when I got out of the Air Force. Uh, I used, and, and my final customer was our current president. <laughs> and, uh, and the other elected officials that were there at the time. You know, I've flown the folks like Hillary and, uh, uh, John Boehner, the speaker, uh, the first lady, you know, anybody that's elected or in those positions minus the president. Right. So, because, because that's a whole separate unit. And what's funny is I was too high ranked to fly on air force one because their billet was an E eight, but I was an E nine. So I couldn't fly on air force. One. Hmm. Uh, anyway. Uh, so after the air force, uh, I had a commercial driver's license because I was a heavy equipment operator and I went back up to Iowa to help my father uh, haul grain for the farmers. He had a trucking company that uh, they you know, would haul corn or beans during harvest. And uh, when I was getting ready to leave right after that first time going up there, he uh, asked me what I was going to do when I got home. If I was going to sit around, eat bonbons, watch TV and get fat and that kind of crap. 
I was like, nah, hell, you know, I'm Tennessee. I think I might make some moonshine. <laughs> and, and, you know, I was just joking with him, <clears throat> but uh, that kind of made me get to thinking about, hey, you know, uh, I'm a crafty person. Uh, I do woodworking and metalwork and all that kind of stuff, but I'd never work with copper. So uh, I found a guy down here, JT Baker, who, uh, okay, who stills. Yeah, he, uh, our, my, one of the boys, uh, his friend's dad knows JT. I guess, does he own a boat marine or a, yeah. or a, yeah, JT's or, marine. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And so, uh, I went there one day and was talking to him and asked him if he wanted to, uh, show me how to work with copper. And, you know, again, not to make a long story, but he said, I don't know anything what, about what you're talking about. I don't make stills. That's illegal. So a couple <laughs> weeks later, I was back there buying a boat part for my pontoon boat and uh, he was busy with the customer and his wife was there and we just were making small talk. And uh, I said, yeah, I was here last week, you know, seeing about uh, if he could show me how to build a still. And she goes, oh, well, here, let me go show you his stuff. So she <laughs> took me back to his shed. And <laughs> of course, so then he had to come back and then fess up to building stills and stuff. But uh, he agreed to show me how to build a still. And after building one, uh, he said, well, I got three or four more orders. If you want to build them for me, that'd be great. So, you know, hobby, you know, cause I'm retired now out of the air force, uh, just looking for things to do. And he, uh, had me build the three stills and I said, you know, this is kind of fun. How about I make a Facebook page and maybe get a few more orders. So that's where, you know, my first where our Facebook page started out for the, the, uh, I hate using the word company because, Right. Earlier, it wasn't supposed to be. It, it never was planned to be a business. Um, but uh, anyway, Facebook page started getting it to where we were, you know, building five or six deals a month. Nothing much, just enough to keep me busy a day or two a week. And uh, after uh, a while, uh, there was a, a festival up in Middlesbrough. You said you're from somewhere, or you're. Family. Yeah, my stepdad is Middlesbrough. Yeah. yeah, from Middlesbrough, Kentucky. There, right across the state line from uh, Cumberland Gap, but uh, <clears throat> they had a festival, and the fellow that was running the festival asked if uh, I could put a still up there uh, so that they could have Mark and Digger come and sign autographs, and that way they had kind of a drop. Uh, yeah, sure, whatever. I really wasn't into going up to the festival or anything, but uh, uh, they told me they wanted me to set a booth up also, you know, so I can show some stills. And I did, but, uh, you know, with my background of flying all these, you know, dignitaries and all that kind of stuff, uh, people that are high profile people really, they're just another person to me. Cause you know, I've been around in my, <laughs> the mm -hmm. whole previous 18 years <clears throat> flying all those folks. And so anyway, I took the still up, set the booth up and, uh, I never even looked at Mark and Digger, never talked to them. Uh, you know, didn't try to make, conversation with them or anything and after they got done signing autographs and everything they came over to me and uh had me build them a shotgun condenser or i'm sorry bought a shotgun condenser that i built that i had there on display um and uh that was kind of the start of how i got into it with uh, the moonshiners and the tv show and all that kind of stuff so just now just out of curiosity is that the one that wound up up here in Ohio? Yes. 
I, I don't want to. Oh. I, I don't want to say I'm mad <laughs> at, at those guys, but I'm kind of jealous that they got it because <laughs> I asked and asked and asked Digger if I could uh, buy it, if I could build them a new one and trade it for it or something, because I wanted you know some piece that I built that was on the show for a display, and they nope, nope, we'll never sell it. It's worth more you know damage than it is being fixed. So. <laughs> anyway, I, I jokingly say I'm pissed that they got it. <laughs> but, you know, on, on the positive side, I know where it's at. It's on display and it's with one of my stills. Yes, it is. So it's all good. You can always go visit it. <laughs> oh, exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Actually, you shouldn't just bring another one with you. <laughs> See, <laughs> or just oh, do the yeah. old do, do the old switcheroo. Well, well, nobody's looking. He <laughs> <laughs> wanted me to bring the one he's wanting me to build. <laughs> yeah, Chris just commented and said it's in my distillery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not mad at him, but gee, I'm sure jealous. Yeah. <laughs> but the money went for a good cause, so, you know, it, it's all good. And like yeah, I said, that's... Worth it. So, uh, what's the your most fun still that you ever built would you say um or challenging or just you know well, something fucking weird so yeah i mean the shotgun condensers are challenging uh because i honestly have not built one yet that hasn't leaked on first try <laughs> and and what it is is you know you got all them pipes so close together and to keep the heat close enough so it doesn't melt the next one when you're doing the one close to it uh, that's the challenge. So I go in there and I, I get them as best I can. And I get them in the can and then I put water to them and find out where I <laughs> mm -hmm. failed, I guess you'd say. <laughs> so that, I mean, that's the toughest thing is, is those shotgun condensers. Uh, I've got three of them on order right now. One of them is yours. And I got another guy that uh, uh, has already paid for one when he came to pick up his still. And then I got another one for another fellow that I got to build. So, and, and well, so <laughs> to sidetrack on that, a deflagmator is very similar to shotgun. Mm -hmm. And I was at a distillery over the other side of Nashville, <clears throat> just talking to the guy. And, you know, we talked about what I did and how he got his distillery going. Anyway, he said, oh, well, maybe you can fix this deflagmator I built. He, he built it and it leaked. Just like I said, leaked like crazy. Couldn't, yeah. couldn't, couldn't get the leaks fixed. They took it and put it in an oven, thinking the solder would just melt down around all the tubes. Well, that uh. more challenges. Because I told him, I said, I'll take it and I'll fix it. I, you know, I, I like doing things to help people out. Whether I'm going to make anything doing it or not is another story. But right. I, I took that challenge on. And it was a six-inch, uh, made with six-inch pipe. But uh, every time I would start getting one of the leaks fixed, where he had put it in the oven, it caused it to bubble up kind of like a sponge. So I wasn't sure if that was like thermal pockets. expansion or not. Yeah, there's all these air pockets in there. And every time I would start to solder one, another air pocket would open up. And I'd go around, another air pocket would open up. And that one took me forever to get fixed. I just finished it up the other day. So, but uh, so, you asked me about uh, the one I liked the most. Uh, I enjoyed building the one. Well, Richard Landry's was the most recent. The the 250 gallon steels I built. Thoroughly enjoyed doing that. Uh, Those are 
150 gallons? Both of them are 150 gallons. Oh, okay. I yep. got you. With, what's, uh, what size, what size tri clamps on the top of them? It's hard to tell in the picture that I see. Eight inch. Eight inch. Okay. Eight inch. Yeah, that's what he wanted. Uh, the, the challenge with that one is, you know, it's hard to find copper that's bigger than 36 inches. You, I mean, they make it, but trying to find a local supplier is difficult. And when I mean local supplier, I'm talking, I go to Atlanta five hours away to buy my copper. Mm -hmm. uh, well, they actually deliver it because I buy so much, but uh, uh, four foot copper is not real common. You can get it, but like I said, you know, it just here and there when they might have it or they might've had somebody that bought a pallet of it and get a sheet or two. So I was limited to 36 inches on the bottom, unless I wanted a seam. Mm -hmm. uh, Richard originally wanted a 300 gallon, but after we talked back and forth about the challenges of a bigger still versus a, a smaller still, uh, we decided to go with the 150s. Mm -hmm. And were the uh, were were the Landry valves, you know, included? Oh yeah, absolutely. That, that, was, that was the funny part because uh, I didn't know how to word it with him. I didn't know how he would take it, but you know, I was talking to him and I, I was saying, "Do you want a pressure and vacuum relief valves and all that kind of stuff?" And he goes, "Yeah, that'd probably be good." I said, "Well, do you want you know a valve on the down tube that you can open up when you shut it off so that it doesn't implode?" And he goes, "Well, yeah, of course." I said, "Yeah, you know, a Landry valve." <laughs> <laughs> and he laughed and he goes, "Well, absolutely, we got to have a Landry valve." Better to have them and not need them, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, so I talked to a lot of people about uh, the vacuum relief valves, whether to go with an automatic one or to go with a ball valve or something. And the thing is, you know, the automatic ones are nice because, you know, set it and forget it and not have to worry about it imploding. But anything that's automatic can fail. We'll fail. Yeah. I mean, all it is is it's like a scuba mask with a one-way little flapper. Yep. And if you're not keeping it clean and it gets all gummed up or something like that, um, it may not. I'd work. rather just reach over and go and exactly. Be done with it. Exactly. I, I guess the best time to explain that a, a, a automatic valve would be would be, for example, if if uh, you're like like I told we were talking earlier, if the guy's element goes out and you don't know it. <laughs> yeah. You, I mean, if you got a fire and it goes out, you're going to know the flame goes out. But if an element goes out, you don't necessarily know that it shut off. Yep. Um, speaking of that, the uh, so, you know, did you see the octagon pot that Rick had at the jam a couple years ago? 100 gallon that went to uh, <clears throat> California? I think so. So I had one similar to that that he had built prior. Yeah. Well, uh, the distillery... Has it, had it in uh, Dayton, and he was rerunning some liquor, and it exposed an element. Uh huh. And it killed it back. It, I'm sorry. What? It killed it back. It, oh. It ignited. It blew wow. a hole. It blew a hole in the side of it. Wow. He's lucky. That's all that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's got the tower piece back together, and it's it's on yeah. a barrel now. But it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like we were talking earlier, you know, and, th and this is going into a whole other subject, but, uh, uh, you know, there's been discussion between me and a, another steel builder about solders and things like that. And uh, proof's in the pudding. You know, I, I've said that. And uh, 
before and, and I'll say it again, had a guy, that's why I mentioned the element going out. He had an element go out last week and he didn't know it. And he was sitting there running his still and uh, all of a sudden it just started popping and cracking and it imploded on him. Uh, but it was because an element went out. Well, he brought that still to me on Friday of last week, come from up near Toledo. So he drove five hours down to see me, but uh, uh, not a single solder crack in the whole thing. And it was crushed where the whole middle of it was touching. And <laughs> there was so much force on the implosion that the uh, six inch stainless ferrule actually buckled. I couldn't, hardly, I couldn't hardly get the uh, cap on it to pressurize it to blow it back up. Yeah, those things are pretty stout to begin with. Yeah. So anyway, I finally did get it to where we could blow it out and got the cap on it. It, it didn't seat good, but once I got it blown out, the, the ring actually went back around. But there wasn't a single solder crack in the whole thing. Uh, the only leak on it was where it, it crinkled up on a corner and, you know, uh, put a hole in the copper. Mm -hmm. in, a, in a scenario like that what do you do do you just replace that sheet or can you patch that sheet or what it, it was oh um it was probably a millimeter two millimeter size hole oh, okay. big. Uh, but it's just where it crank, uh, kinked and when mm -hmm. it popped back out it, it opened up and so i just inside i cleaned it up sanded it down and put a dab of solder in there and, and you know it filled it up good and pressure Hell check yeah. good afterwards. Good shit. It's all about safety. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so, so that's another thing, you know, um, a lot of these builders out there, they're putting the pressure and vacuum relief valves on it, on every single still they build. I guess there is some positives to it as far as uh, you're kind of covering yourself if something happens. But, you know, I tell all my customers, if it implodes or it explodes, it's always user error. Uh, yeah. I can't think of a single situation to where the builder can cause a, well, I guess I shouldn't say that. Yeah, uh, there's there shouldn't be a problem where the builder causes an issue that will cause it to explode or implode. Right. Now, I've seen some people burn the bottoms out of stills though. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> not, not, not putting a liquid in it. And you know, just... I've had, I've had one still ever, <laughs> uh, the bottom burn off of it. And he's a well-known guy on TV <laughs> who, who likes to drink a little more than most. <laughs> and he laughs a lot when you, when you tickle him. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, but that's the, only bottom, that? that's the only bottom I've ever had burn off any of, of my stills. Now, was that that 40-gallon? It was a 40-gallon I built for him. Yeah, I delivered <laughs> it to the set, and uh, he took it up home, and he uh first time he ran it he uh called me up and he said this thing leaks like crazy it's running out the bottom and i said well what'd you do not put any liquid in it before you fired it up he goes well of course i lit the fire and started filling it i said so there wasn't anything in it when you lit it and he goes well i was filling it you know as i after i lit the fire <laughs> and, and you know i kept trying to get him to say yes right. there's nothing in it but Anyway, I could tell he'd had a little bit to drink when that happened. And he called me a few months later and apologized and said <laughs> that he'd had a little bit too much to drink the day he went through it. It's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'll get you, man. 
Yeah. Getting it drunk always, and run, running the stale don't mix. Yeah. Well, like <laughs> I said, it always comes back to user error. Uh, anyway. So, what was the size of the first still you built? Look ahead. What's that? The very first still that you built, what was the size of it? Oh, I think it was probably about a 10 gallon. I, I have a picture of, I think, every still I've ever built. Because uh, when I build a still for somebody, uh, I probably shouldn't say this because <laughs> I might get people ordering them just because, but uh, I don't charge a deposit like almost every other builder. Mm -hmm. uh, my prices are, for the most part, lower than most people's, uh, yep. especially nowadays. Uh, again, because I don't need the income, this is, uh, you know, a hobby for me or supposed to be. Um, but, uh, since I don't charge a deposit, uh, I get a lot of orders because of that. That helps me out a little bit, but, uh, uh, forgot what the question was. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, I told you I take pictures of all of them. So, yeah. yeah so you know, before I take any money from anybody, they get to see a picture of their still. If they want me to take pictures as I'm building it, I'll send them a picture. Uh, so before I ship it off or before they ever leave home to come uh, pick it up from the shop, they actually see their still uh, a picture of it and can ask me questions or I can make modifications if there's something maybe that they want done uh, before they receive it. Okay. But of course, I do get paid before they take it. <laughs> right. Well, I've been, they do it because you'll you'll go through your list, and when you get to them, call them up like, "Hey, did you still want this? Come get ready to build it." Yeah, exactly. And and you know, I've had some people that uh, I'll build their still for them. Uh, well, I'll call them and tell them, "Hey, I'm ready to build your still this week," and I'll build their still for them. And uh, it only takes a couple days to get it done. And I'll call them up and they'll say, oh, okay, well, I'll start saving my money now. And I kind of have to shake my head. Well, I told you two days ago. Why didn't you tell me you didn't have the money to buy it? But uh, I still, you know, if, if I build it, I'll put it in the back and have their name on it. And I'll let it sit there for a while. Uh, but, you know, the reason I don't charge a deposit is I have enough backlog that if that person backs out or can't come up with the money or it sits in my shop for three or four months, they don't pick it up. I can just go back there and grab it and turn around and have it sold that day. Yeah. I don't, I mean, rarely do I ever have anything in stock at the shop. Uh, I just went through my uh, ones that were sitting back there had been back there for a few months the other day and I messaged them all up and uh, asked if they still wanted it and, a few of them were like, well, I just, you know, economy starting to go bad and I just don't have the money. And so I walked out and looked at my list and went to the next person on the list and said, Hey, I got, <laughs> you're still, you ready for it? <laughs> and so, you know, it's gone within minutes of uh, when it gets canceled or uh, whatever the case may be. So do you ship a lot of stills or do you try to have people come pick them up as a preference or? I prefer pickup, uh, because number one, that way they can see it in firsthand mm -hmm. and there's no questions. Uh, and then, you know, there's also, um, it, it takes time to ship and I don't charge any more than FedEx charges me to ship it. So right. FedEx says it's $110. I charge you $110. Well, 
it cost me 20 bucks for boxes and $10 for peanuts and, you know, half hour. And the labor to do it. Yeah. So, you know, I, I lose money on the shipping. I would rather somebody come to the shop and if they come to the shop, I usually offer them a shirt or something for, you know, making it easier on me. Well, fuck, I'm missing something there. Well, I wasn't there the day you came to get yours. <laughs> you're, you're missing your hats. What you're missing? Yeah, fuck. Yeah, yeah well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh but, uh, shit. But yeah, so, you know, I got two or three people that were, two people that work with me. Uh, John Ferry and Megan Kristoff. Um, they work for me, and uh, you know, my goal is that when they do something, it's as good as what I do. So if I put it out, you won't know which one of us built it. Um, I know because <laughs> I know my work and their work, but you know, the, the lay person coming to pick it up, they hopefully won't be able to tell the difference between our work. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, anyway, we're still, I'm telling people 10 weeks backlog. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good, uh, issue to have. Yeah. And, and the three of us together, if we're, if we're all three there, we can put a still out a day. But that's only if all three of us are there, and we tri- yeah. we typically try to set it up to uh, where we cut the stuff the night before. Uh, John comes in earlier than the rest of us because he lives in Knoxville, which is thirty miles away. Uh, he's retired also, so this is a hobby for him. Uh, but he comes in early and he'll start putting the cans together and soldering the bottoms on them and everything. And then when I get in and Megan come in about ten. Uh, We'll, we'll grab one of us will grab the thumper one of us will grab the cap and you know then whoever's done first will probably do the worm and then we make the connections and the still is done and then cut parts for the next day right so pretty rotating process talk about your caps because your your caps are a lot different than well so you i think you have what like two style caps well, well i would say we have four basic caps we have a four inch, a six inch, an eight inch, and then if you want to call the popcorn Sutton cap uh, its own, it's still on an eight inch platform, but we have right. two different sizes. Uh, we don't use any, um, I say we don't use any patterns or anything except for the cap. And that's, you know, so we can always make them the same. Uh, everything else is just numbers. You know, we have a, notebook that tells us what we need to cut for a 20 gallon a 30 gallon or whatever and uh, we do a lot of custom work if somebody wants a all skinny one we'll make it tall and skinny if they want it short and fat we'll make it short and fat but if they don't request a particular dimension which is usually the case we just go to our book and uh, make it with the dimensions we have so we maximize our copper usage again keeping the price down for the customer yeah you know, if you got waste, you got to charge the customer for the waste because where are you going to use it next? Right. Yeah. But the caps, we have basically those four different caps. Uh, what's unique about ours, and I guess I shouldn't say unique because others do this, but the conical line arm. To me, there's two things that make a still that makes good liquor. The first thing is the uh, cap and arm. And the next thing is the condenser. Those two things are what make a difference between your uh, flavor profile, if you will, like Tim Smith says. (laughs) 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 
So uh, our conical line arm is, uh, they're relatively all the same as far as uh, shape, but how we put it in is different than most other builders that do the conical line arm. Uh, I don't know why they do theirs the way they do. Uh, we do ours for a specific reason. Uh, when, when I build a still, uh, and this kind of goes back to me being a flight attendant at the Air Force, you know, uh, when you're flying the vice president and those kind of people, you can't fail. You always have to have a, a success. Uh, if there's a potential failure, you have to figure out how to make it a success so the customer doesn't see the failure. Uh, and that's kind of the way I address building the still. And what I mean by that is, if I have a customer tell me, hey, beautiful still, looks great, you know, all, all the positive comments, that doesn't help me improve my still building. Right. It tells me they're happy with it, but it doesn't help me improve my process or my design or anything like that. So I fight for negative feedback. I want somebody to tell me what's wrong with my still. I want them to tell me what I can do better, uh, what they didn't like about it, because now I know I can go and I can uh, improve on it. Well, so if, if I have to say, I only have one comment about your stuff, and it's your bookkeeping, your records. Yeah. What about my records? The miscommunication we had. Oh, as far as building your still? <laughs> We're talking size. Yeah, <laughs> up over it. <laughs> in my defense, Sean changed his mind about twenty times. <laughs> I bet he was late quite a few times on them too. So. Oh, he was a no show. That's my boy. He's got a point. That's <laughs> my boy. Now, well, I guess the one. See, there. That is a. That's a comment I appreciate. You know, I, I like you saying something about that. Uh, but in my defense, you know. Part of my challenge, not being a business with a website and all of that. Yeah. And then, and then also, you know, people will go on Facebook and when they ask about who builds a still, one person will say Kevin Gordon, another person will say Thunder Road Copper. And so I get, I get, uh, from both sides, messages. I get messages to my Kevin Gordon Facebook. I get messages to my Thunder Road Copper. I get emails because my Thunder Road Copper has my email address. I get phone calls because my phone number's on there and then I get text messages. And so when I go to build somebody's still, I got to figure out where that message was with information about what they were wanting. I try my best to write the stuff down, but you know how that is, especially if you get older. But just like today, I had a guy who messaged me on Facebook and I was mowing the mowing, uh, for several hours. So I didn't get to the Facebook message, but he also sent me an email. So I answered his question. And then when I got home, I went through my emails. And I was like, well, crap, I already answered you here. So I just, you know, rather than having answers in two places, I sent him a message on his email and said, I'm going to answer all the questions on the Facebook page. So all of our communication is in one place. So I can't get it mixed up. Yeah. So, that, that's the challenge I have, and I don't really know what the solution is to that, uh, to keep all my information in one location. Um, I, I don't know that there is, other than just like you said, communicate with one thing, one thing yeah. only. Yeah, and, and, you know, I try to respond to the people. If they message me on my Facebook page, I try to message them back on the Facebook page. Uh, 
And a lot of times they'll ask if they can call. And then for whatever reason, I'll end up sending them a text. And then we start talking on text. But again, it, you know, it, uh, it kind of blurs the line sometimes. I don't have too many problems. Maybe it was just you. <laughs> it's, it's all about the audience. I think it's intentional. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It'd, it'd be more acceptable if it was intentional. You'd be like, yeah, all right. Just mess with me. <laughs> but now you're just like, yeah, hey, I accept him, man. It's all good. Yeah. It's the way it is. So you, you do all the still building. You, you do any shining? Like, come when you, when the first time you ran some shine, you know, like, what'd you run? Well, so that's the interesting part about me. You know, uh, I, I've been around it. I've been there where when we're making it. I've helped people make it, but I personally have not done it. And here's my reason. Uh, Sean knows really well. I'm not a person that can sit still. Like sitting right here talking to you right now, I'm okay because I'm talking. But if there was a lull in our conversation, I'd have to go do something and come back because I can't sit and do nothing. So uh, I'm not the kind of person that can watch paint dry or grass grow. So unfortunately, distilling is not something that I would be able to do because I'm not patient enough to sit there and monitor. Understandable. <laughs> it, it, does, uh, it, it has its moments to where it is like watching grass grow. It does have its moments. Exactly. So, you know, uh, yes, I've been around it. Yes, I know how. Uh, I know all the processes and that kind of stuff. And, you know, a lot of reading and uh, following people and what they do and how they do it and why they do it and what happened and all those things. That's kind of got me to where I know what I know uh, without having physically actually done it. I mean, just like uh, Andrew Warnicke, you know, he mentioned – I think it was here a couple months ago. Somebody asked him about, might even have been on your podcast about uh, distilling. And he, he built stills for years and it never made liquor. Mm -hmm. So, you know, kind of the same thing. Uh, it's just not my forte. Okay. So I got not to change the subject or nothing again, um, but there's a lot of people asking. So I got to ask you talk about bottoms. I'm sorry. Talk about still bottoms. Still bottoms. Well, okay. You know, uh, there's several ways you can attach a bottom to a still. Uh, you can lock join them. You can roll them in. You can roll them out. You can, you know, roll them up. Like the the big discussion here a few weeks ago was you can butt join them. Um, um, just various ways you can do stuff. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, the guy imploded the still. Mm-hmm. I butt joint my bottoms and okay. you know, I'll, def I'll defend that it's as good as any bottom uh, nowadays. Now in the, in the past, I would, I would agree. It's not uh, a good joint, but with technology and the advancement in solders and, and all of those kind of things, it's as safe. If you know, it's comparable to anybody else's bottom. I could lock bottom them if I wanted, but just like uh, uh, I had a guy who brought a steel in that he uh, uh, scorched the bottom of it. Horrible. If I had lock jointed it, you know, uh, crimped it over, mm -hmm. I would have had to cut the pot, made it a smaller pot, and uh, recrimped it down. Uh, in the case that this guy burnt, you know, he, he scorched it, I just go in there and I pull the bottom off of it. We can either clean it or cut a new one and put it on there, and, and we're good to go. 
easy to fix. And like I mentioned with the guy that imploded the still, it did not crack. It bent the stainless ferrule, but didn't break any solder. Interesting. The solder I use is stronger than the metal itself. Hmm. Well. And, and I can show anybody the, uh, the data sheet from the company uh, that makes the solder. And, and I, as far as I know, I'm the only person using this brand of solder. Uh, yeah. I can only find it in one location, and it's what I've always used. I like the way it flows. Uh, I can probably assure you that if I would have bought the solder at Home Depot or Lowe's, you know, the Odie's or Sterling or whatever else, it probably would have broke the bottom on it. But uh, it didn't. Hmm. Put me on the spot well, I, here. <laughs> well, you know, I mean. You know, like I said, uh, I, I, I've... I would have to guess how many stills I built, although I have a picture of every one. Uh, but the last three years, I've built roughly 200 stills each year mm -hmm. for the last three years. And before that, it was, you know, usually around 100 or so. And I've been doing this for almost seven years now, I think. I'd have to figure out when I started. But it's been it's been at least six years, maybe seven years. So you can figure I'm probably up there around eight, 900 stills. Yeah. And the only problem I've ever had with any bottom was with the one TV moonshiner who burned it off. <laughs> but I will say, uh, my customer service, um, I'm going to boast and say it's second to none. Uh, I will fix anything that is wrong with any still I ever build, even if it's the user's error. After you beat them up about it. After I beat them up about it. I mean that's a given. Like, uh, yeah, well, that's a given. The one that was imploded last week or on Friday, uh, I the guy asked me what I wanted for fixing it, and I said, "Oh, I don't know. I, you know, I probably used twenty dollars for the solder, and the bottom was probably thirty bucks." He handed me a hundred dollars. I didn't it's ask. Funny how that works. Dollars. I just told him what it cost me, and wasn't expecting anything. Hell yeah. Um, so what's the, well, someone asked a question, would you rather go with two 150 gallon pots or would you rather go with three 100s or three 100s? Um, a lot of, a lot of variables in that. I mean, uh, and, and how are you going to run it? Are you going to run it electric? You're going to run it gas. Uh, these would be electric. Okay. So electric, um, uh, you're going to have a slower heat up time with the 150s and the run time. So it's going to be instead. I, I talked to Lawrence Pritchard and I think Lawrence told me it takes him about eight or 10 hours to run his 110 gallon still. So you got to figure if you're running uh, the 110 gallon still for eight or 10 hours, it's probably going to take 12 to 14 to run 150. Yeah. Assuming everything's bigger. Yeah. Um, and I had a couple people asking me about 300 gallon stills and that was the deciding point. You know, they, they wanted me to build a 300 gallon still. And first off, unless I could find four foot copper, I couldn't do it without having a bottom welded. I would yeah. have to piece the bottom. And I personally wouldn't have wanted a piece of bottom, even though I know it would be just as strong as the metal. Cause I would have had it welded, but, uh, uh, the time it takes to run a 300 gallon still 
you're going to have someone there to run three eight-hour shifts to hopefully get it done in 24 hours. But at the same time, you could run 300-gallon stills in eight hours and have just as much product, and you could potentially run three different products. Yeah. So, you know, and, and this is a little premature for me to say, but I will. Uh, I'm considering opening a distillery. And that was that's the one thing I'm looking at is because of the location, I'm not going to go with a big still. Right. I'm going to look at running three smaller stills. Oh, and by the way, I'm not going to be the one watching the paint dry. I got somebody that's <laughs> interested in doing that. Well, if you run it like if you run them all three at the same time, you ain't watching no paint dry. You're going to be busy. For a few busy. hours, you will be. True. You get, yeah. get them all dialed in at once, but that then you're sampling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. R&D, you know. Yeah. So I'm going to be the steel builder sort of financial uh, input for this distillery uh, if it if it comes to fruition. I'm, I'm very hopeful. Uh, like I said, it's very premature to say anything because it's just in the thought process right now. Discussion between a building owner, myself, and a, a uh, distiller. Or distillers, possibly. Hmm. Wonder who they could be. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. There's a lot <laughs> of things in the air right now. Uh, you know, I because of uh, having been in the uh, Moonshiner Master Distiller world, I have a lot of contacts. So there's a lot of possibilities. Now uh, sure. you built all the stills that uh, we all see on Master Distiller, correct? Great question. Love that question. Uh, here's the answer to answer all the questions that anybody ever has about the ones on the show. Uh, are those my stills? The answer is 90%. So the pilot show, the stills were built by another company, which I will not mention, uh, but you can see their label. You, you, you can a lot of times see their labels on the show. So they built the stills for the pilot show when Jimbo was on. And uh, when season one was bought by Discovery from McGeeley Entertainment, uh, they wanted a traditional Appalachian pot still. So Mark and Digger referred them to me and uh, they contacted me. And so I built all of the caps, thumpers, worms, connections, every possibility you could think of uh, using the old, I don't want to say old, using the parts from the pilot show using my parts, every configuration you can think of. I got probably three pictures of uh, different configurations that could be made with that. Uh, so the short answer is I build distills for the master distiller show, but I did not build the pots. Uh, they had three pots the first season or for the pilot show. When the uh, they got picked up for season one, they wanted a set of backup pots so that in case anybody scorched it, because they had a problem. You know, one, one of the guys, I don't know whether it was, <laughs> again, not throw anybody in the bus. I don't know if it was Royce or Jimbo or uh, can't think of the third guy. Uh, Austin. Austin, yeah. I don't know if one of them scorched it or what, but they had a hard time cleaning the pot. And so they, it slowed the uh, production down for the next day's shoot. Uh, so when they got the season one contract, they had three more pots purchased. Uh, they bought the three second, the second set of three pots from the same company 
However, the company had changed hands. So the ones that were on the pilot show were not built by the guy that owns the company now. But he built the pots because he had bought the company for the, uh, the backup pots. That's where the ones with the big label on them come from. Mm. They, were the, they were the second round of pots from the same company. Uh, the first three didn't have any markings on them. Second three have the big brass logos. And then uh, when they went to season two, they decided to start running two sets. And they wanted, again, wanted to have more backup pots. So I contracted with another company out of Chucky, Tennessee to, cause I was so far behind on orders at that point in time. Cause you know, the first season made my business explode and I didn't have time to build uh, any more pots for them. So uh, I went with a guy in Chucky, Tennessee, outstanding gentleman. I would like to promote him, but you know, I, I don't want to mention names for anybody out there. They can always call me and I can put them to him. Uh, but I had him build three more pots for him and he actually altered the first six pots. Uh, that's why you see all the ports on the back side of them. That's uh, the four inch cleaning ports are so they can go in and get all the scorching out of them. If somebody scorches a pot, makes it a lot easier. That's how you have that. Yeah. So uh, anyway, and that, that, that made me think of something else. So, you know, I enjoy what I do. I love what I do. I, uh, if it all ended tomorrow, I'd be just as happy as I am now because, you know, it's, I enjoy doing it, but uh, it does take away from my retirement, of course. But on that note, uh, you know, if somebody calls me and wants to order a still, if I'm not the right person to build the still that they're wanting, I'll refer them to somebody else. There's enough work for all the still builders out there. Nobody needs to complain about a still builder taking all the work or anything like that, because if you're a decent steel builder, there's plenty of work out there for all of them. Uh, so I have no problem referring to someone else. I refer them to, you know, the guy I was just talking about <laughs> from the uh, pilot show. He and I had a little yeah. disagreement, but, you know, I refer people to him. I refer people to everybody. Yep. That's, that's one thing I never understood was everybody bitching, oh, you know, like there's way more than enough work for everybody. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. And everybody does things a little bit different, you know. You yeah. Look at your pots. Look at Donnie Benton's pots. Look at, uh, you know, uh, some other people's pots and, and Brian's and. Well, it's and funny. You can just about tell whose is what. It's funny. I just had a message from Donnie Benton here a minute ago. Wanted to know if I was going to go up to Brian's uh, to the steel build this weekend. And I honestly was, you know, here, here's the truth of that one. You know, <laughs> Brian's a nice guy is, <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, he wanted to know if I'd come up and help him do the steel build class because he thought it was going to go over really well. And I, I told him I, I, I was right up front and I told Brian, I said, no, I'm not going to come up and teach your class. Mm -hmm. I said, I want to be a student. And he said, well, what do you mean? You already know how to build steels. I said, well. You're the one teaching the class. So I don't want to come up there and throw my ideas into what you're trying to teach them. I said, I'll come up. You teach me the first class. And then I'm more than happy to come back up and teach your class your way. Yeah. But unfortunately, I, I was all signed up, ready to go. But unfortunately, I had somebody that's coming in Saturday. And 
I just can't make it. So I had to back out here the other day. I mean, as a still builder, just like as a distiller, you get an opportunity to go watch somebody else who's a master at their craft do their thing. Oh, yeah, that's so much knowledge you're going to learn. Like, no, I don't, I don't want, I want you to do it, and I want to watch what you do. Exactly. I'll be the last person to ever say I build the best still in the world because I don't. Do I build a good still? I think so. But there's things about my skills that I don't like that I would like to improve on. But, you know, then you got to think about if I take more time because I've got some people that work for me. Uh, if, I, if it takes more time, I got to raise my prices so that I can make up the difference. Mm-hmm. Are mine inferior? No. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still putting out a good product. But to keep my prices down, I have to do things the way I do. I mean, I've changed, you know, over the six years I've built stills, I've changed a lot of stuff about how I do them. They still look the same, but uh, the way I do my joint and different things on them and how I go about building them uh, is, is you know, the way I do it. Um, when I get somebody new in to help me out, and, and I've had these folks for a year now, but uh, when they come in, you know, I'll tell them. Do it the way I do it because I've already failed all the other ways. I, I figured out which way doesn't fail. Yeah. So, but you know, I, I also tell them that doesn't mean it can't be improved on. If you come up with some idea, let me know. We'll look yeah. at it. And if it's better, we'll switch to the way we're doing things. Just like soldering the stainless we talked about earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Stainless is a whole other animal. It doesn't solder like copper. Right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, um, so tell us a little bit about how you got mixed up with Master Distiller. Well, I kind of did. We were on an episode not too long ago. Oh, 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 okay. So anyway, I told you how I got hooked up with the Master Distiller show. Mark and Digger referred me to him mm-hmm. to make an Appalachian pot or Appalachian style still versus a column or flute type stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with a column or a flute. They have their place, but uh, they wanted Appalachian style stills because of the show and everything. Uh, so how I got hooked into being on the show is just because, you know, I'm the builder for them. Uh, the producer asked if I wanted to be on the show and I told her no. Because of the way she asked the question. Yeah. I thought she was wanting me to be a steel builder on the show. And when she asked me the second time, I said, no, I don't want to be on the show. I said, you know, there's already enough. uh, I don't know what the term would be. Questioning of the the legitimacy of the show and the winners and all that. There's already enough questions about that. And, and I can say pretty much without a doubt, the winners are the winners uh, the people that don't win, it's not that they're bad. They just might not have been their day, but, uh, uh, I didn't want to be on the show building a still because I didn't want it to be where if I won, which I wouldn't have, because I can't distill to begin with. <laughs> but if I would have won, there would have been the question, well, that's because, you know, he builds the stills for the show. That's why he won. Yeah. In. And I didn't want that, but come to find out, she didn't want me to be on the show as far as a still builder. She wanted me to be a judge. She just didn't say that when she asked me if I wanted to be on the show. Okay. So that's how I ended up being the judge. She wanted me there all along. Uh, 
and and kind of the way that episode went, uh, there were a lot of people selected before the three that were on the show were actually on the show. And what I mean by that is, is they select. When she told me she wanted to do the steel build episode, I gave her the producer a list of steel builders that I knew of. Mm -hmm. And she didn't pick but one. So I feel like I know who he is. Yeah. So they had one steel builder. They were going to have me on the show. And uh, there were two other people that I'd never heard of. And I questioned what, you know, what their background was. And she said, oh, we've added them. We've added them. Anyway, leading up to the selection of the first three people and the episode, she found out that the one person had never built a still. He'd taken a keg and put a column on it, and he called that building a still. So when, Because uh, when she called him and asked him for a parts list so I could cut all the parts out to expedite the show, uh, he said, well, I've never built a still before. I put one together. <laughs> so that kicked that guy out. And so they got someone else and uh, something happened to that one. And then the second person they dropped out and they went through about 10 people before you got the three people that were on the show. Hmm. Uh, and, you know, the one still builder that was supposed to be on the show uh, for his own reasons, you know, had to back out because of a scheduling issue. And then lo and behold, the scheduling issue wouldn't have been a problem to begin with because it got delayed again. But by that time we'd already selected somebody else and uh, it just happened to where they couldn't be on the show either for whatever reason. And last minute uh, I gave her a couple local people's names here, but because it was too short notice, they couldn't do the background check. And uh, so they uh, called Jason on the spur of the moment night before the show was supposed to film and uh he came down came down on his wife's birthday to be on the show well he built a nice looking still yeah, yep did. yep that was that's a very debatable point about why did jason not win uh, jason is one of the nicest people you could ever meet in your life he would give his left arm to you uh you don't there's a lot of stuff you don't see well you know sean there's a lot of stuff mm-hmm. you don't see that actually happens uh, that they they edit out, and uh, you know Jason was a clear winner from the get go. He he built this pot, and everybody else was having problems, and uh, he was helping them out, trying yep, to. Yep, and the other two leaked, and 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 there's there were a lot more leaks than what you've seen, but uh, uh, hopefully I'm not saying anything I shouldn't about what actually happened, but. Uh, when it got to the point that, and, and I was asking the producers the night before I was supposed to go check them out. I said, what if they all leak? And they're like, Oh, we'll figure it out. <laughs> and I said, well, here's some options. And they didn't want to hear options. They just said, Oh, we'll figure it out. And uh, we got to the point to where uh, the two of them leaked and Jason's didn't. And they walked in, you know, before they started filming, of course. And they said, so how they look? And I said, well, you got your winner. Only one of them doesn't leak. Like, oh crap, what do we do? I said, well, I tried to talk to you last night about this situation. And you know, you didn't you didn't want to talk to me. So uh uh they they gave a concession to allow uh the contestants to meet to fix them. And what we had decided was as the judges 
Okay, since they're well, let me back up to Jason because I want to I want to uh, tout Jason and his uh, um, um, ethics and everything else. You know, they came in and of course uh, we said, you know, Jason, yours is the only one that doesn't lead. And he and, and Jason basically said, I don't want to win by default. He goes, I want to win because I win. Mm-hmm. You know, so he was a stand up guy to not just take a win because he knows how to build stills. Well. So they did, we did the first shoot and they came in and they said, well, you know, uh, we're going to give you some time to fix your still and whatever time it takes you to fix your still comes off of your four hours to do your run. And they're like, okay, bye. Well, I do the guy that um, would probably have difficulty getting his still fixed uh, within a reasonable amount of time enough to run. So uh, the, the suggestion was made to see if Jason wanted to help him fix his leak. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, being the stand-up person that he is, Jason offered his time to stay in there and help him fix his leak so he could compete. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, the sad part is uh, the other guy pulled it off. Because the conference, it came down to, so do we give the win to the guy that made the beautiful still, but wasn't quite the distillate that the other one was? Or do we give it to the guy that had the slightly better distillate? And, and trust me, they were very, very, very comparable. Uh, but there was just something that all four of us uh, thought was better about the one over the other. And we sat there and we, we talked back and forth and back and forth for quite a while about how do we go in there and tell the guy that uh, built the best still that he lost. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you know, we, we decided it's called the master distiller show, not the master still builder show. So hopefully I don't offend anybody by making those statements. Uh, if you do, then they've got a problem themselves yeah they need to figure out jason is the most upstanding person you could ever meet in your life uh like i said he'd give his love to you uh i I feel really bad for him and it was a very very difficult decision yeah i think deep down he knows you know it's uh obviously he was upset when the decision was made but I think over time, you know, I, I think he understands. Yeah, I, I tried to tell him after it was over with, you know, of course, <laughs> didn't do any justice to it. But I said, you know, Jason, I said, this right here is going to do you more benefit to your business than if you had a one. Yeah, he, he created a, a work of art, like just a work of art and such a under pressure time frame just to watch yeah what he created and how it just can't do it. It was amazing. Yep. Like I really enjoyed that show and it was just, it was wild, you know, just to watch. It was so beautiful. Again, back to, you know, the magic of TV, the things you didn't see were the things that I couldn't convince the producers of. They, they wanted to try to make it like the uh, master distiller show where you get to go to the still house and get parts. They wanted to do something similar on that show. Uh, where, well, we're not going to give them the roller or the, the brake in the first round. And I was like, well, 
that's a key tool to building these. Yeah, this is four hours. Man. Yeah. And they said, well, but we want to challenge them a little bit. And I said, you're not challenging them by taking away their tools. <laughs> you're giving them four hours to build yeah. a still. That's challenge accepted, you know. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah. So, so again, you know, that shows Jason and his uh, uh, capabilities and the quality of his work under uh, stressful situations. Uh, I un unfortunately, I wasn't able to sit in there when they built the stills because of how the producers did it. Uh, they had their vision of how the show was going to go. I was looking through a, a knot hole in the in the side of the wall, <laughs> watching them build them. So, and, and you know, they're not in their shop. They're not using their tools. They were using what they were given. Yeah. And the, and the time, and if they're like, you know, I I could see Jason. I, I know he's been on there before, so he kind of knew what to expect as far as the cameras being in your face yep. and shit like that. <clears throat> but if it's your first time, it's a it's a little unnerving, at yep. least for the first round. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so um, I don't know how much time, much more time you guys want, but uh, there's something else that's kind of something that's been on my mind that uh, I have mentioned to you. Uh, you being a steel builder, Sean, or I, I guess I refer to you as a steel builder. You know, you build the jars and stuff, but uh, I've talked to you about it, and uh, one of the most common questions on Facebook, all the different moonshine pages, is where can I buy a still? And you know, you'll see all the people put out there, Thunder Road Copper, and all the other companies, and all the other people, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the issue I see is a lot of names and companies and things being put out there are people that we all know uh, if you've been on any of the forums much, there's some guys out there that are just going to take your money. They're, they don't plan on building you still, they're going to take your money. And, <laughs> you know, and, and unfortunately they're the ones that do the most promotions on websites and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but uh, an idea I had when I was uh, through talking to my customers is, uh, trying to locate who's a reputable builder and who's not mm -hmm. and talking to um, the different builders, Jason from 13 stills, Andrew from North Georgia, uh, Donnie Benton, Jerry Benson, you, uh, Rick Gibson, a uh, lot of the other people who build stills. Those are just a few names to mention, mm -hmm. but uh, I've thrown out there the idea of some sort of a, a collaboration between us that rather than throw out all these names and have everybody, you know, all confused about who to go to and this and that and the other, creating something kind of like the Better Business Bureau is the way I'm looking at it, uh, to where when you ask who's a good still builder, where can I get a still, you can say, go to the uh, Still Builders Alliance, the SBA is what mm -hmm. I'm kind of referring to it as. Uh, the SBA will have a list of names of reputable builders that we, anybody that's a member of the SBA agrees that the other people aren't going to rip you off. They're not going to take right. your money. Uh, which one's best? We don't need to talk about who's the best still builder. Here's a list of builders. Go look at their stuff. If you want to call them, call them. If you want to, you know, message them, message them, whatever the case may be. But we guarantee that these people that are a member of the SBA 
will back each other up and uh, assure you that you're not going to lose your money. Because mm -hmm. there's also a lot of really good builders out there, but it's questionable whether you'll get your steel or not. Right. So, you know, again, no names mentioned, but um, a lot of people tout their stuff. A lot of people push their stuff. But the problem is you won't always get your product if you pay for it. Uh, had a guy that bought a still from me here a couple of weeks ago, uh, was promised a still for months and months and months and months and sent his money in and uh, wasn't getting any resolution, wasn't getting a return phone call. Finally, he just came to me and he goes, well, I guess if I lose my money, I lose my money, but I'm going to go ahead and buy one from you. So he bought one from me and thankfully he got his money back, but you know, it didn't sound like he was going to for the longest time. Um, and then again, like there's other builders out there that <laughs> they're going to sell you a still or hopefully sell you a still, but you'll never receive it because that's just the way they do business. Uh, part of the SBA is also to work with each other, to help each other. So we all are building great stills. Yeah. If somebody wants to learn how I make my lion arms, I welcome them to my shop. I'll show them how. Uh, and, you know, also a great way if, you know, somebody feels like you're not doing something the right way they can address it more privately as opposed to publicly exactly <laughs> exactly and you know it, it's not like those clamps stay out of everything that's right yeah. yeah exactly you know if you don't like the way i build my bottom come to come to our uh the sba's little group and talk to us about it let us explain uh as professionals amongst each other how we can resolve this rather than going out and, you know, saying negative stuff yeah. and causing turmoil within the community. Yeah. Creating division yeah. doesn't, doesn't help anybody or anything. You know, we exactly. all get along together. We all get along a lot better together. Yeah. Well, right well, now, I mean, go ahead. Sorry. I'll say in the last, you know, five or six years, uh, there's been a lot of things change, you know, a lot of people's come and went and a lot of people's came and it's just uh, all of a sudden everybody, hates everybody kind of thing and that's not yeah. well and you know talking about steel builders in the last uh gosh in the last six months i bet i've found eight or ten new builders that i never even knew built things mm -hmm. and then you've had some others like adam burgess that you know uh had always been a that's steel builder but, but people didn't know who he was and then started his own company builds a great steel yep uh, but he just was an unknown name wise until recently yeah. And I will promote his stuff just as much as mine. <laughs> and I see Matt Baltrip is uh, in the comments here. He also is a steel builder. Was. I don't know if he does anything anymore, but he used to. Okay. Well, so let me explain that one also. Because you, in the very beginning, you asked me about how I got started and all this. Uh, JT Baker, who I'd mentioned, mm -hmm. uh, that taught me how, him and Matt – and I may be wrong on this. I don't want to misspeak, but I'll say what I believe is the truth. Uh, Matt and JT started building stills together. And Matt went off on his own, was building his own stills and did his own thing. And JT was building his own thing. And that's when I came in and JT showed me how and kept him going until it got to where it was so big that I had to uh, move into a new shop and basically separate myself from JT. Uh, it was a very cordial separation because, you know, the writing was on the wall that 
I, I couldn't build 200 stills a year out of a 10 by 15 shed. <laughs> I had to have right. a bigger space. You know, I had to be able to buy pallets of copper rather than uh, sheets of copper. Uh, so Matt, Matt's stills will look a lot like ours because that's where the designs came from was JT and Matt. And I commend Matt for, you know, uh, getting that going. I mean, he, he didn't teach me, but he's actually where I learned from. That's but cool. from him directly. But as far as I know, I mean, I talked to Matt quite often. He stopped by the shop the other day, but he's got other things he's doing in his life now. So he's not really building a lot of stills anymore. I think he might, but I don't know if he is. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah, Kevin, I appreciate you uh, for being on here tonight and uh, just kind of talking about your experiences and, and all that because I know a lot of people are really looking forward to hearing from you. It's always nice to mix it up. You know, we get so many distillers and master distillers and, and distillery guys. It's nice to mix it up and have, you know, people who actually – make make the vessels that we make the magic from <laughs> you know so it's always nice to mix it up and it's, it's a pleasure listening to you talk yep well i i thank you guys for having me on you know hopefully i dispelled a lot of rumors about uh the master distiller show and who builds the stills <laughs> and, and the one episode that you know i was directly involved in and and you know i'm there for a lot of the episodes when they're being shot i'm not there every day but i'm there for a lot of it but, yeah uh, i remember you coming in and asking how the still was running yeah again that was fighting for negative feedback what don't you like about it yeah he <laughs> I was, probably he, didn't give you any he knew sean was gonna mess it up so he was just checking on him to see <laughs> like come on man i want to fix that <laughs> yeah oh. yeah but i appreciate you guys having me on and you know like i said hopefully i didn't make anybody upset i didn't try to call anybody out specifically or say anything negative yeah. about anybody. It uh, is what it is. You know, yeah. it's all good. So if, Hey, if you felt like he fit, was talking right? about you and you want a rebuttal, just get with Sean. He'll put you on the list. We'll see you sometime <laughs> in June or July. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But. Well, uh, so let me put a plug in. Uh, so I put on my uh, Thunder Road Copper Facebook page. Well, two things. So a lot of people say my name. Uh, I don't mind people becoming friends with me on Facebook, but you're not going to see anything on my personal Facebook page. It's all my personal stuff, but everybody says Kevin Gordon and they friend me, but uh, go out and friend or like the uh, Thunder Road Copper page. That's where you'll see my stills. And also I have an Instagram page that uh, I post pictures on occasionally. Uh, the other thing is I want to put a plug in for the white lightning festival, September 16th in Cumberland Gap, Tennessee. Uh, they've had this festival for years and years and years, but it's just a small festival. And uh, the individual that uh, I'm possibly going to work with on this distillery uh, is the one that runs the festival. And I'm hoping to help her uh, grow the festival by number one, having people, you know, that are on master distiller or on the moonshiner show come to the festival. So other people can meet them. Uh, We'll be a packed house. What's that? Want to be a packed house then? Yeah. So the significance of Cumberland Gap is the movie Thunder Road that was all about bootlegging, uh, and the song. The song states, 
uh, shooting the gap through Cumberland on the way to Knoxville. That's Cumberland Gap. Thunder Road runs through Cumberland Gap. And that's the reason my company's name is called Thunder Road Copper because Thunder Road is the road that my shop's on. The true, nice. real Thunder Road. Nice. It's not just the yeah, name. that's cool. Yep. And if you go into if you go into Maynardville, which is the next town down, uh, there's actually a sign that says the original Thunder Road. Oh yeah. So come on out September 16th and see us. And uh, we actually run a still at the festival, unlike any Ooh. other festival. Nice. Well, actually, there's two of them in this area uh, that actually run stills. So you said uh, mid-September? September 16th. Nice. It's a one-day uh, event. And like I said, the hope is we can grow it and maybe get it to be a two-day festival in the future. Nice. We just have to grow it. Last year, uh, Moonshiner Pat and uh, Red Dog were there, and Kelly Williamson just popped in out of the blue. Nobody knew he was coming. Hmm. So there were a couple people there. Uh, and I know uh, we got that farm to bottle down in Wilmington, Ohio yep. at the end of August. We're looking yep. forward to that. So. Might, Kevin. might as well come on up to the farm to bottle. I'm going to do my best. You know, my, my thing is, I, I that's when people pick things up is on the weekends a lot of times. Yeah. So I, I don't want to say it ruins my weekends, but uh, I take weekends off, but I'm usually there because I have to go meet somebody to uh, let them pick up a still. That's only when you're not in Vegas, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> when I'm not in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> but my son and my granddaughter live out there. And, you know, in the very beginning, we talked about kids. Uh, that's why I go out there so much. Okay, I, don't, that's fair. I hardly ever gamble. It's because of my granddaughter and my son and his wife. That's, that's fair. I won't beat you up about that, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we try to get out there about once every three months, maybe four months, just for a few okay. days to... Sierra granddaughter. Okay. That's nice. Yeah, well, uh, I think we're going to do a live podcast from the Farm to Bottle on that Saturday. Cool. So we're looking forward to that. It'd be cool. So anybody that's around, you want to pop in, say hi on on the podcast, you can. There might be a line. There might not be. (laughs) But but I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about that later on. But um, I'm sure that I'll see you in July at the jam. I usually show up. I don't. I don't set up a booth. Uh, you know, yeah, I know. My thing is the popcorn Sutton jam. Uh, I, I've been asked by Miss Sutton every year to come to the festival, and so I've set up for the last four years down there. And, that's and it's awesome. Just, that's the one event I go to. I, I really wanted to go to that this year, but um, I took on some other responsibilities, so mm-hmm. I can't make the popcorn this year. And I, I will say, I donate a still. Uh, and we're not going a little two gallon or anything like that. I, I donate either a five or a 10 and who knows, maybe I'll donate a bigger still this year uh, for auction. And I get up there and tell them what the retail value is. And, and hopefully they get more than retail value, which they have the last three years. If Sean's there, I'm sure he'll bid on it and, and win it and take it home. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but Sean has a still problem. Yeah. Uh, he's got one of mine, so it's all good. Only one? <laughs> seems low. Seems low. Ever, I'm sure. Send him a couple pictures of a few. He'll have more than one by the end of the night. So, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Know your audience. Know your audience. But anyways, we'll let everybody get off here. We appreciate you hanging out and listening. Um, if you got any questions for Kevin, 
hit him up on Facebook through his uh, Thunder Road Copper account, and I'm sure he'll be more than happy to help you with anything you need. Um, if you got any questions for me or Sean, we're easy to get a hold of. So, but um, hope everybody had a great Easter. We appreciate everybody hanging out with us tonight, and we'll see you next Monday. Um, I never know who the guest is going to be until right before, so we'll see you next Monday at 9. Everybody have a great night. Have a great night, Kevin. Have a great Thank night, you. Sean. Have a good one, guys. Right, take care.